we'll be going through a few scriptures before I go ahead. Um, the title of the message I'll be sharing is called The Redeemed of the Lord. The Redeemed of the Lord. We thank God that he has brought us out of that darkness into his light. Into his light. And we are here for a purpose. The journey of the redeemed. A brief journey. The Lord laid two things in my mind. I believe it's the spirit of God that put those things in my mind. And we are going to share briefly. Let's read. Let's open to First John. Brethren, we are going to read some scriptures. Please you bear with me. First John chapter 3 verses 8. Verse 8b. 8, 8b. 8, and I will be reading together. Some will read together. Some I'll read alone. First John chapter 3 verse 8b. The latter part of it. That we are going to read together. Eight B. We are going to read for for the part that says for this purpose. Let us go. He's on the projector now. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Let's ring it again. Let's read it with boldness. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Shame to the devil. He has been destroyed. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. One, two, let's go. It's on the screen. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Lastly, Colossians 2.8. Colossians 2.8. Let's go. It's on the screen. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Praise the Lord. Please let that be on the screen. You know, this is where we're going. Many have been spoiled. This scripture says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy of man. Philosophy of how they believe things should work. Philosophy that it has always been this way and it will always be this way. How many times has somebody spoken something negative, you know, around you and that thing stuck? And you keep on thinking about it and say, ah, it's true. And you keep now weighing it, turning up and down because a man has spoken it. He said, we should not be spoiled, brethren. What has somebody spoken to you that said, ah, everybody have a business idea. You too, you have a business idea. Who told you that business will ever sell anyway? And instead of you moving forward, you stopped because somebody said, will it ever sell? Will this thing ever fly? How many times has somebody spoken to you that why are you always behaving like this? It's like something is not really perfect about you. And you say, ah, it's true. It's like somebody, something is really wrong with me. I start thinking it's true. Something happened two years ago. Something happened, you know, and you now say something is truly wrong with me. And that affects your entire life. 
He said, beware lest any man spoil you. Many redeemed, really redeemed, that have known the word of God, giving their life to Christ, they are still going about with one negative thing or the other because they have let them allow themselves to be spoiled through philosophy, vain deceit, tradition of men, after the rudiments of the word and not after Christ. Anything, any word spoken, any advice given, any belief that any man says to you, which if it's not after Christ, then it's of the devil. That is why he has come. He said, for this reason, that's one of my best scriptures that I love. The son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. I was angry with, within me some years ago. I was talking to a sister and why talking, just general talking. She said, ah, in this, my family, they don't eat a particular soup. So, of course, maybe they don't like it. But I just broke further. So, it now tends to be that from the husband's family, it is a taboo for them not to eat that. And I kept on thinking, ah, we have been redeemed, delivered from the cause of the law. Why should somebody be in that bondage? Then we are telling Jesus that what you have done is not genuine enough. Is there anybody still living, being spoiled? But we say everything he has given unto us, he gave us with thanksgiving. Eat. If you don't like any food, that's different. I don't like it. I don't like the color. I don't like the face. Some people are not adventurous. But the purpose of not eating is what is, is a concern. Why are you not eating it? Generations, our forefathers never ate the food because if you eat something and something will happen. What will happen to a redeemed of the Lord? To me, it's like putting Jesus to shame again. That, uh -uh, that power is not potent enough to destroy this tradition. It's a tradition of man. It is not after Christ. So, brethren, I want us to think that what is it? What kind of tradition? What kind of belief? What kind of seed has any man planted that is not of God? I want you to rise up in your mind. You, know how you can stand, you can sit and rise up with a holy hunger in you and tell the Lord this morning every negative thing that I've had in time past every negative philosophy every deceit from the pit of hell Father flush it out of me this morning every mindset that is not after Christ that is not glorifying the name of Christ that is not honoring that power that thing that he did on the cross of Christ the shedding of his blood that is negating the blood that is shed on the cross of Calvary. Father, flush it out. Every mindset, every belief, every philosophy of man. Father, pull down. We pull down that wall this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Every word that has been spoken into my life in time past. That has now seated, embedded. That is hindering my progress in life. Father, pull it down this morning. In the name of Jesus. For this reason, Jesus has come. To destroy the works of Satan. Every works of Satan. Every belief. Every whispers. Every of his weapon. Father, pull down this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. They don't have a place in me anymore. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I refuse to be spoiled. 
I refuse to be spoiled. Father, let your blood cleanse me and punch me of every of those deceits of the enemy. The blood of Jesus to flush out my spirit, my soul, my body. Flush it out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every form of sickness. And when people hear the sickness, they say, ah, this one is bad. Oh. In the name of you, we flush out every form of sickness. We are not partakers of sickness. We are not partakers of sorrow. We are not partakers of failure. We are not partakers of, of, of those that are down in the name of Jesus. We refuse to be trampled upon. We refuse to be a victim in the name of Jesus. We move forward in Jesus' name. We move forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We are prayed. Philippians 3, verses 14 to 15. Philippians 3, verses 14 to 15. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be those minded. And if anything you are, you be otherwise minded, God shall what? God shall reveal this unto you. So we are going to pray again. That is there anything that God is telling you now, but you are not sure of? Anything, ah, is it God? Is it not God? This is his word. Let us hold on to it. And let us pray again. Father, everything, every blurry vision, Father, clear this morning. Make it clear. Make my vision clear. I don't want to be seeing glory. I don't want to be hearing, and uh, maybe, maybe not. Make it clear, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. What is that thing that you are not sure of? Let the Lord reveal it unto you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I want to achieve my full potential in you. So all those things that I'm not sure of, this is your word. Reveal to me. Speak to me in a clear manner. Reveal to me in a clear manner. In the name of the Lord Jesus, all those things that I am still not sure of, I want you, according to your word, I agree, oh God, with my brethren this morning, that you will reveal to me, that you will speak to me, we stand upon your word that cannot fail, that Lord, you will speak to each and every one of us in every area. Is it a choice in marriage? Is it a choice in career? Is it a choice in business? Is it a choice? Is it, is it calling into the ministry that the Lord will reveal and speak clearly in the name of the Lord Jesus? We refuse to walk in error. We refuse to walk in error. We will not walk in error, oh God. We will not make mistakes, oh God. Speak to us in a clear manner in the name of Jesus. We thank you, everlasting Father. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. The second thing, this is the first thing that God laid in my mind. The second one we are going to find in the book of Isaiah, chapter 51. That was the Bible study, the Bible reading that was read. Verse 2. Please, I want verse 2 on the screen. Verse 2 on the screen. Please. So, verse 2 says, Look unto Abraham your father. Or maybe you should, let's start from verse 1, I'm sorry. Verse 1. Hacking unto me, ye that follow after righteousness. I believe we are here today because we want to hear from God. We want to know more. We want to draw closer to God. 
we have known him and we know like that song says the lord is my portion in the land of the living the god that god is your portion that is why we are here today and he says look akin to me ye that follow after righteousness ye that seek god look unto the rock whence you are healed and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged verse 2 he says look unto abraham your father and sarah that bear you for i called him alone and blessed him and increased him you know this verse to me is very loaded is very very loaded he said look unto him abraham your father so the thought came what about abraham my father what about sarah at least we all sing abraham's uh, blessings are mine is our father you know so we have something to look into in the life of abraham and if you look at it the life of abraham is like our life a life of journey moving from one place to the other and he says for i called him but when the lord has called you to first peter tonight right we remember that song we are what we are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people to show for the praises of him who who had called us he has called you he has what he has called you out of where out of darkness into where into his marvelous light he called abraham he called abraham you know he called abraham we're going to start so i went back to genesis to look at the life of abraham genesis so i'll be moving from genesis to isaiah so if you look at the book of genesis now genesis 11 genesis 11 verses 31 to 32 then genesis 12 verses 1 to 5. okay so antera took abraham his son and lot the son of aaron his son's son and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his sons, Abraham's wife. And they went with them from her to Chaldees to go into the land of where? Where were they going to? And they came unto where? And dwelt there. I believe Aaron and Canaan, they are not the same place. Where were they going to? Canaan, where did they stop? You will not stop your journey halfway. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And Terah died in Aaron. Did not make it to Canaan. And God says, Ah, Canaan is where I actually want you to. So God now called Abraham. And if you look at it, so that's where we are going to. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 5 now. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless you, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and cause him that cause thee, and in all on thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed. Verse 5. He departed out of Aaron. So verse 5, he says, And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their what? 
substance that what they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in where in Haran and they went forth into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came the first lesson is from this verse 5 he had gathered a lot he had gathered a lot the Bible says all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that means he was wealthy he had servants he has cattle he has everything is what comfortable he was comfortable so God did what called him out of his comfort zone and said come just like he calls you and me the redeemed of the Lord out of our comfort zones to do things for him when he called you out of darkness into his marvelous life there is what there is the purpose he didn't just call Abraham say Abraham I just feel like calling you oh Florence I just feel like calling you there is a purpose for calling there is a reason for calling he called him into a journey brethren we gave our life to Christ we are in a journey he has not called us to sit down we are not meant to sit the whole oh, here I come I've given my life to Jesus Christ you're just claiming all the promises and the blessings of God you are just all oh, the anointing when they say once anointing oh me I want the anointing you the anointing you received yesterday what have you done with it and you still want more today he has called you for a purpose you're in a journey So he called Abraham out of his comfort zone. When God calls you, when God calls you, it's for a reason. And at times, it's not something that you are comfortable to do. At times, it might not be a call that is easy. You are in the church. And your HOD said, ah, you are doing Bible study. Normally, you don't, if they say support, you can support print paper you can print the paper everything you can like to, you like to hide but when say oh yeah come here ah no ha no ha he's calling you out of your comfort zone he called me out of my comfort zone i love to hide a lot i really really love to hide i don't like to talk i like to do my own in between in under that nobody will see me but I can say he called me out of my comfort zone. And I'm really, I'm out of my comfort zone. Even right standing here, I'm still out of my comfort zone. But when God calls, it might be out of your comfort zone. He gives the grace. He gives the unction. He gives the grace to do it. So I don't know what is it that you are passing through at the moment. I say, God, this is too much for me. This is too much for me. God might be dealing with you in one area. For example, I like to talk. Some people that like to talk. Before somebody says, hey, you have to, you say, Brrr. and God said, no, now you are growing in the Lord. Don't, let's stream this talking. Ah, and somebody comes. If it were you, you are so hot, and before the person lands, you would have landed several. And God said, no. Ah, God, this is too much. Ah, oh, you know. That is, you are really out of your comfort zone. God called him. And he went. So if you are out of your comfort zone, the Lord did not leave you comfortless. If you look at that verse in Isaiah, he said, verse 3, 51 verse 3, he said, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. 
He will comfort all our waste places, and he will make our wilderness like Eden, and our desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and voice of melody. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. So if you're out of your comfort zone, brethren, don't think, ah, oh God, this is too much. I have been waiting on God, and God is not listening. He's not hearing. I'm not, ah, oh God, this is, no. Brethren, he will comfort you. Let the Lord comfort you. And the Lord will comfort you in the name of Jesus. So that's the first lesson for me. He calls out of comfort zone. And when he calls you out of comfort zone, he gives you the grace. He's not calling you to crush you. He's not calling you to ruin you. He's not calling you to ridicule you. He knows there is something precious in you. That is why, in the first place, for him to have redeemed us by his blood. We are not talking of anything that is corruptible or perishable. This is the blood, life of man. For him to have redeemed us, there is something that is seen in us. And it, that thing will not be a waste in the name of Jesus Christ. So it could be your job. It could be your marriage. It could be your career that the Lord is telling you, move on. Brethren, the Lord is with you. And we see you through in the name of Jesus. The second point says, during our journey at times, we encounter situation that doesn't make the promise of God real. You think it's not real. Why did I say that? In verses 6 to 8 of Genesis 12, I want, I want that screen. I want it displayed. You know, it's like, ah, but God, you said this but i'm not saying it let's read this to be together and abraham let's go together and abraham passed through the land unto the place of sishem and on the plain of moreh and the canaanite was then in the land and what and what and god told him that i'll give you what the land so you can imagine it's like ah you said you would give me the land, but these people are still there. And it's not going there that is like going to fight with. He didn't say go and fight them and kill them. He said, I will give you the land. The land to possess was not vacant. It was not vacant. And if you look at it, I did a little research. And to move from where it was, Iran, to that place, it was about 500 miles. Okay, 500 miles to bring it down to kilometers is about 804 kilometers it is not just abraham and sarah that is easy to walk you know even though you, they were old they can it's just like let's go let's move. no they had cattle they had servants the road according to the map it was not a straightforward road you are seeing eels you are seeing it was the curves it was not a smooth journey that's where I'm going to. When they settle down, they have to look for how do they cook? How do they bath? How do they eat? Johnny. And they are so tired. You can imagine them. Ah, ah, this is home. Let me sit down. But ah, uh -uh. these ones are still there. It didn't come easy. So brethren, the fact that God has said it, he occupied the land of Cana. But the fact that God has said it and you are not seeing it now, doesn't mean God is what? A liar. God is not a liar. He stands by his word. And one thing that I like 
The Bible says in verse 7, if you can please move forward to verse 7. Verse 7, he says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he did what? Builded he what? Unto who? Who appeared unto him. He builded an altar. I love that. To me, use that altar to hook God. Okay, you said it now. This altar is a place of remembrance. That you said it. That you give me the land of Canaan. He built an altar. How is our altar like? How many of the promises of God that he has promised you, do you still hold on to? Or do you say, oh, well, he said it and it's not uh, coming to pass, then you dumped it. No. Build an altar. Hold that word. Keep reminding me it. If you want to print it somewhere, and as you are brushing everyone, you are saying, ah, God, you said it on the spot. I claim this promise. God, you told me this. You gave me this promise. Whether I'm studying the word of God or whether through a prophet, whichever way that you receive that promise, remind God that God, you said it. You keep reminding him. Abraham did not fight with God. They didn't say so. They didn't say he argued with God, but you said so. The Bible says he built an altar. He held God by his word. Brethren, hold God by his word. If you think seemingly like he's seemingly that God is not answering his prayer. No. Hold God by his word. Build an altar. And the Lord will hear you. He will honor that word in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm encouraging you, encouraging you brethren, this morning. The word, the promises of God that you have had in time past, do not throw them away. Go back. Build an altar. It is an altar of praise. If it's an altar of prayer, when you keep remembering that word, the promise of God, remind God again, God, you said it. Verse, I'm going on to the third point, that Abraham made mistake, just like we make mistake. The redeemed, children of God, we all make mistake. Abraham made mistake. But because of time, I'm going to round up, run and paraphrase it. In Genesis 12, verses 10 to 20, now there was famine in the land. The land that God promised him. Go and settle there. You know. He moved. Small by small. He moved. He moved. He moved. He moved into where? Into Egypt. Because there was famine. But when he got to Egypt. I noticed that throughout his stay in Egypt. There was no altar built there. I don't know what happened to his relationship with God. But there was no altar built. And number two. You know. He lied. He lied. He lied in the sense that tell, tell them, tell them that you are my sister so that they will not kill me. But what I'm going to is that he put himself in a bondage that God did not put him. How many times by our own decision have we put ourselves? Because when you lie, you are in bondage. Bondage in the sense that you need to cover the lie, right? So in the process of covering the lie, you might lie another lie and lie another lie. And you are being careful of what you say so that you don't expose yourself. So, that's the consequence of the action he took. Let's think, how many times, you know, that have we made a decision and the consequence is kind of tormenting us. We have put, in, we put ourselves in a little bondage that God did not put us. 
Just think what decision. It doesn't have to be a lie. It can just be an action that you took. It can just be a decision that you made. And because of that decision, some things, you knew yourself within your relationship, you know, with your relationship with God, you knew something went missing. Or even you have seen it in your life. Ah, I wish I did not do that then. It could be years ago. It could be years ago. But things like that happen in our lives. True or not? Praise the Lord. Things like that happen. We made a decision. It could be some people moved from somewhere to somewhere. Some people changed career. Some people just made a decision. And because of that, there is consequences. And they are bearing the consequences. And regret come, comes. And they are tormented by their regret. And some say, ah, can God ever forgive me? Can they, they can't even forgive themselves. Because of that, if you are in that position today, hear this. Abraham made that mistake. God intervened in his life. The Lord will intervene in your own situation as well. In the name of Jesus. Abraham made that mistake. There was a consequence when God stepped on his behalf. And he said, okay, leave. Just go. Go. Go away. They allowed him to go. And what Abraham did was here in Genesis 13 verses 3 to 4. I'd like us to read that then I'll round up. Genesis 13 verses 3 to 4. Is anybody up there? Thank you. And he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel when they asked him to leave Egypt. Unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Verse 4 please. Verse 4, can we read together? Unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at when? At first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. If you have made a mistake in time past, he's a faithful God. He's a just God. If you could love you so much that he sent his son and he shed his blood, I believe his hands are ever opened. Just like the story of the prodigal son. The father was longing and was waiting. I read of a story, you know, it's a true life story, a testimony of a child that left the mother's house. The child grew up, I'm a big girl now, started going out, dating, smoking, just went, you know, just went, very promiscuous and went. But the father, the mom is a Christian, you know. So one, one way or the other, she's been praying for years for this girl to come back. And Somehow, somehow, I've forgotten the details, but the child went back home. And what happened was, she went around the house. It, she now got to a point of either she wants to kill herself. But the Spirit of God led her to the house. And in the night time, midnight, she went past her home. You know, when you've done bad, you know you've really done. Ah, what would this woman say? Will she accept me? She said, she saw the door opened. She now said, ah, who opened my mother's house? Maybe there are thieves here. Let me go and, you know, kind of challenge them. She went. The mother was sleeping. And walk out, mom, mom, mom. The mom was so happy. He said, I saw the door open. The mother said, since the day you left, that door has always been open because I am expecting you to come back. She was gone for years. If our heartly mother can do that, how about our father, our heavenly father? So I want us to pray. And tell